Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Wit and... It's Matt. What up? There you go. We're back, guys. And I got to tell you, we're in rare form. It's been a minute since we talked to you, so we got a lot to just get off of our chest. Not about yeah, football. Yeah, we've had... Personal shit. Not about football. Okay, yeah, okay. Shit. Yeah, there's really not much about football going on, but we've been dealing with COVID, which right? has been... Terrible. Well, who knew going on a floating petri dish designed as a cruise, you could get COVID as easily? Like I, just, it was a sh- shock to me. I mean, because we got it instantaneously, basically based on our timeline. Oh, yeah. Like we walked around people and then just caught it. Oh yeah. Like, so you know what's funny to me, and I bet you probably saw the same thing. Once the COVID test popped, like. Me and my wife went into full-blown Scooby-Doo mode, trying to track down our timeline of what happened here and how did we get here and when do we test positive here? I didn't realize that my wife is a better examiner than I am. (laughs) She asked the real questions, not me. Okay, gotcha. I mean, we were just like, yeah, we figure it probably happened when we were embarking with the thousands of people around us, like shoulder to shoulder. It's true. That's basically how I work as an adjuster. When I investigate, I just kind of best guess it. So that's me in action. Just, <laughs> that that's probably right. it. That seems right. Good well, about like, this. We were talking and she's like, well, what about when we were on the bus next to the, the other people? I was like, well, the bus enclosed space, no real air filtration. So there's a pretty good chance of that. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, or it could have been this. Well, let's stop delving further, okay? I think we figured out where we got it, and let's just roll with that. But she's convinced that it came from me. I don't think there's any evidence to support that. Like that you brought it onto the boat? Yeah, like I'm ground zero for all of us catching it. That's funny. That's actually who we blamed, too. We kind of immediately jumped there. That does not shock me. I've met the two of you. You love to blame me for shit. Okay. <laughs> see, we blame this is you why for most of our personal problems. But see, this is why I have trust issues. Okay. That's why I don't open up to people. Okay. Things always circle back to me. It always right. comes back. Because we actually have saved our marriage countless times. Because I can blame <laughs> you for shit. She's like, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you guys are in the middle of a heated debate. And then you use a classic misdirection and you talk about, it. remember that one time? Went shit on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get mad about that. So, yeah. Okay. Either bring something up you did or just basically say, well, that's what Whitney said. I'm just <laughs> listening to what he said. And she's like, oh, well, that was stupid of you. And then. Yeah. Then you're like, you're absolutely right. I'm going to have to stop interacting with him eventually. Eventually. See, there you go. I haven't learned my lesson yet. But I think you have. You're there as my scapegoat. No, no. I honestly, I think you've learned your lesson, but you realize it's too much fun. It is. It's. It's. You can't quit me. Okay. I'm like quit you now. A call back to an off-air topic. I'm like meth to you. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We used dangerous, fo- bad for my health, but exactly. fun as shit. I used football as like marijuana as a gateway drug for our interactions and conversations, and then I got you addicted to the hardcore shit. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you you stepped, got my toe wet with football, and then just kept pulling me in until I'm just drowning. It's true. I've been a bad influence on you since like 2013, I'd say. It's, it's been a while. Now. I know. Damn. I was straight edge. I believe would be the good phrase for it. Like, 
before meeting you. Oh, okay. Got it. So we're in the business of lying to our listeners now? That's good, Matt. <laughs> oh, that's, fuck. I think that's most of what we say, though. Is lies. Oh, Just that's a good point. Piled on top of each other. Yeah, and then we'll sprinkle on a little bit of truth every once in a while. Yeah, so... If you can't tell, this is going to kind of be an off-the-rails episode. Oh, it's true. Yeah, just a little bit of truth. Like, when you have admitted that the Cowboys are terrible, which you have done before in the podcast. Okay. You get those little glimpses of the truth when you try to open up about your rabid fandom for the Washington football team. Okay, everyone's got weak moments, okay? It's not nice of you to prey on mine. You know I bring shit up forever. This is not new. It's true. It's true. There are no forgotten moments with Matt. No, no, no. I just keep digging, going back to that same well over and over. If I can, I never drop it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, like we were saying, there isn't a whole lot going on. We've got a couple things we're going to touch on, talk about, and kind of see where the day takes us. So let's jump right into it, Matt. What are some of the things we've heard about with OTAs? With OTAs? Okay. Yeah, like... Um, yeah, I was prepared to talk about Aaron Donald. So, well, you can talk about Aaron Donald if you want. Like, fine. You brought up OTAs. This gives me the perfect opportunity to talk about my boy Dotson. Oh, shit. who Here is we go. unguardable right now in OTAs, <laughs> torching everyone, and then he's catching every wild, crazy pass that Wentz is throwing his way. He's catching everything okay he's making some hell of a catches because he has to because they're behind him they're way over top like he's doing all sorts of crazy acrobatic shit but he is catching it because he seems pretty damn good okay so i just i want to address what you said okay you said that he is unguardable right for the record those are the same dudes who were like the third team in the worst division of football so that doesn't really say a whole lot I mean, we got some good names, William Jackson III and Kendall Fuller. Those are good names. Maybe they haven't lived up to the hype yet, but. Okay. It's also in pad. I mean, what, in uh, shorts and t-shirts and they're one-on-one, so nobody's really guardable one-on-one for a while. But what I really like is his hands. He's running good routes and he's catching everything. I think that's really the important thing is it's not so much, you know, the the being able to guard him or the routes or anything. It's the hands, because if we know anything about Carson Wentz, that motherfucker is going to blow you, throw you some ducks. So you got to be able to catch whatever comes in your general area. We got two guys with great hands. McLaurin catches everything thrown his way. And Dotson seems to be catching everything, too. So so that since you brought up Jahan Dotson, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You go ahead. And then I'm going to pose this to you that I saw on Commander's Twitter. Oh, sure. I was just going to say, that's a good sign. That's all I was going to add. There. Okay. So I saw this on Commander's Twitter, and I don't understand why it was really a question or why it was a debate. But the guy threw out, like, who's going to be the number two, Curtis Samuels or Jahan Dotson? Is that really a debate or a question at all? Who's going to be the number two receiver? Yeah, who's who's going to be your number two receiver? I mean... I guess it's a bit because you have a number one pick versus a guy who they just signed last year and you have your hopeful. Exactly. But I think me is probably going to be Dotson is really your number two. And then your Carter Samuels is your Swiss army knife. Debo Samuel taking the hands off and doing all sorts of crazy shit, but not really like your number two 
He's more just all over the place. Well, and that's what my thought was. I think he's your number three slash our back or running back three. Like there should not be a question about who the the second guy should be. I think McLaurin has done enough to establish himself as being the one. Dotson, first round pick, that motherfucker better be the two. That's my thought. I think people, you know, he Samuel came in as the free agent guy, but he also only came in at $11 million. That's not like number one money anymore. That's hardly number two money. Like, yeah, that's, that's easily cuttable money. Yeah, it's a solid receiver. Like, doesn't mean that you're out there to get a thousand yards. It's like, oh, we expect you to get maybe a thousand all purpose yards, right? If he's running and catching the ball, but that's still probably pushing it, maybe 800. So, Dotson, I expect to do more than Samuel. Samuel, I think, will be the more gadgety player. So, then if Dotson is your gadgety player, you see him in the Debo Samuels role, then, like the wide back. For Samuel. Yeah, but you see him, you see Samuel in the Debo Samuels role, right? Yeah. That's okay. what I was thinking. Dotson's your more traditional number two. Okay, fair enough. I think that'll I think that'll be interesting to play out. I I don't know. I think it's a a pipe dream at this point to hope for anything from Curtis Samuels based off of what happened last year. But we'll see. Yeah. You're you're right. Unfortunately, like they say he's looking good, but we how many times do we see injuries and then pop back up? Especially like it seems like that's happened with Washington over and over again. You oh, know, yeah. speedy guy pops a hammy or something, and that just derails his career. It's those soft injury, those soft tissue injuries. Those are the ones that just linger all season. Guys never come back from that. Not within the season anyway. So we'll see. I mean, it's been a year, so I'm hopeful. But I think we've talked about it. the big wild cards. Wentz, how is he going to handle everything? I think oh, they yeah. have some decent pieces around it, but just like the rest of the NFL, there's plenty of teams with weapons without a quarterback. They have a big question oh, yeah. mark at quarterback who can't put it together. Same thing goes with Washington. So because this is the time of the year for hype videos, and we talked about questions at quarterback, have you seen the uh, the Tua hype video from all of his bombs to Tyreek Hill? I've seen some of the Dolphins Twitter videos that are – Hype videos. I'm air quoting this like crazy. Like <laughs> they look terrible. Is that what you're talking Those about? Those are the exact ones I'm talking about. Where he clearly is outpacing his guy, but he has to stop for the catch. Like I don't think that sells your point that Tua can make the deep pass. Like I'm also they haven't shown anything yet. Yeah. Also, you're throwing it with guys not around your feet, so you better be able to throw it that far. In ideal situations, he is not able to put enough oomph on the ball to get it to Hill in stride. Under ideal yes. situation. That's not a good sign. That should be the headline. That should be the headline. Like, everything goes right in the pocket and he still can't throw it in stride. The receiver has to stop. Like, that seems wild to me. That Dolphins Twitter is going crazy over it. I can see going crazy over a hill, but yeah, Tua, no, you got the wrong guy throwing him the ball. Oh, 100%. Like, no one has ever questioned Tyreek Hill's speed. Everyone knew that motherfucker can run out the gym. It's about pairing him with someone who could just launch the ball. I Tua's not the guy. He just isn't. I just love the one video, too, that they tweeted out there, like, it's a rocket. The ball is... Kind of in a spiral, but it's also wobbly, almost like one of those punts that they're trying to do to make it hard to catch. It's wobbly <laughs> on its axis, 
<laughs> and I'm like, what? How? This is not a good throw. Like, it's behind him. It's not a tight spiral. It's like floating forever. No. Yeah. Not good. I'm telling you, like, the the hype machine for some of these teams go into overdrive at this time of the year. Like, you remember Carson Wentz with the Colts had some beautiful passes this time of the year. Jalen Hurts. Like, all these guys. And then the season comes and you realize, oh, they're playing against other people, not just air. And they're not nearly as good as the hype video. Like, I just, it's, I can't. Yeah, this is when you should be at your best because there's no pressure, no coverage to confuse you. You should be looking awesome. And then, yeah. as somebody put it, um, Hill should have been calling for a fair catch on that pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the best comment. Yeah. Like, what the hell? No, that's not good. It would be, it's a bad omen for things to come. It's going to be rough. It is, but I, I'm telling you, we need to just strap in and be prepared for this hype train to continue until week one. Because they're going to make all kinds of like excuses in the preseason why they aren't gelling or on the same page yet, X, Y, and Z. And then the season rolls in, and then they're, they're out of excuses at that point. Hey, unless they can get an offense of all just three-yard slants and let Hill hopefully run around and do his thing, and Hill and Waddle just... You know, get those rack yards. Yeah. I I truly so, believe that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to move on. Oh, then the last thing. Rousing comment. Yeah. The, the last thing about that then. I honestly believe that the Dolphins, they didn't pick a quarterback this year because they know they're going to be picking one next year. They know that they could get uh, either CJ Stroud or any of the other guys that are coming through. That's definitely what it feels like. Then, you know. You don't if you don't feel like this is a strong class, which clearly the evidence shows that nobody felt the QB class this year was that strong. True. The first one was taken at twenty. Like so clearly teams didn't have a great feeling, so why not just wait? He either bombs and then you get a good pick, and then you built the team for the next guy. Or if he works out, then good on you. Pat yourself on the back and move on. There you go. So go ahead, boss. Take us in. So I was gonna say off-season hype videos, though, did you see Lamar Jackson on one knee throwing oh a God. beautiful 50-yard pass? I did. I That's the sort of video you're supposed to put out right now. You know, it was very reminiscent, and this is going to be a callback to our age, but I believe it was the 2005 NFL draft where Kyle Bowler, out of Cal, was on the 50 on his knee, launched it through the end zone. And the Ravens picked him in the first round, and he was awful. Like, I I agree, those are the types of videos that you want to see. But that shit doesn't translate in the NFL. No, not at all. We all know that he has a huge arm. But that's the sort of stuff I want to see where it's a rocket, it's a tight spiral, it's like some crazy pass, not bullshit. <laughs> no, I and get it. You're trying to dress up. You know, talking about hype quarterback videos, I don't know if you remember this one. It was from like, I want to say like 2011 or something like that. It was college quarterback, I want to say for Kentucky, Alex Tanney. And he was doing trick shots like hitting bottles of water out of a window and shit with the football. It was the coolest shit I have ever seen. Like, if I'm going to get a hype video, I want that level of hype video. Like, (laughs) those things were fucking cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, he was throwing it from, like, his second floor window off the top of the, like, hitting a water bottle off the top of the roof of a car. Like, it was fucking cool. 
Like, I want shit like that. Don't just yeah, throw that's... random shit. That is certainly super cool. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily translate to what they do on the field, but it's crazy what they can do Like when they show off those skills like that. Even quarterbacks that aren't going to be great in NFL, they have insane arms, and they yeah. can do all sorts of crazy bullshit. Like, how wild is it that, as a human, someone can throw an oblong ball 60 yards, 80 yards? Like, that's crazy. That's right up there with a human can run you know, 40 yards in 4.2 seconds. Things that should not be plausible. Like, these things are cool to watch. Like, I'm right there with you. Like, the hype videos are fun. Just maybe we just do them within reason sometimes. Yeah, Dolphins Twitter just got a little bit out of hand. That's why the old Pro Bowl, when they were doing, like, the NFL skills stuff, that was a lot cooler. Yes, Matt, yes. Like, those were fun to watch, not just... Them playing two-hand touch. Oh, what was it called? Quarterback challenge. Yes. Bring that shit back. Get rid of the Pro Bowl. That's the stuff that we want to see. Somebody hitting a trash can from 55 yards away and just dropping it in like it's nothing. Thank you. Or they would do, like, who could throw the farthest? Like, I would love to watch uh, a competition between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Or throw Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson in the mix. Who throws the farthest? That would be cool. That would be fun to watch. And you don't have to worry about anyone getting injured. That's what I always stress. Like I get stressed when people are like, let's do a race. Cause I'll see receivers running the race. Somebody's going to pull oh, yeah. me when that happens. Like, exactly. no, don't do that. But a QB challenge, throwing the ball, you don't have to worry about anybody getting hurt there. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I meant to ask you before. And because of COVID and us dying and shit, like we never had a chance to talk, but did you see the video of Tariq Cohen destroying his Achilles? Uh, in his workout no Mm-mm. yeah uh he was uh he was doing like a recorded workout and you could see his achilles just snap and you're just Ew. like oh fuck it was that's bad. rough yeah it was bad dude it was Real bad. bad so you wanted to talk about aaron donald go for it man yeah i mean he just gets the biggest contract ever for a non-quarterback from the rams who somehow always magically have money I don't get it. I'm with you. Like, don't get me wrong. He absolutely fucking deserves it. But where do they get the cap for it? Like, I don't understand. It's the kick the can down the road. They actually are saving money this year because he was towards the end of his last big contract. So the cap number had spiked a bunch. And so they just pushed it back down the road. So I assume all of that has to come due, like when these guys like retire or something like you can't just continue to push it and then nothing happened. Like, there's got to be some sort of repercussions to this. You would think they would have, like, screwed themselves at this point already because they've been doing this for several years. Yeah. So I don't know how it hasn't caught up to them, but eventually you think it will. Well, and it's wild. They just paid him. They paid Matt Stafford. They paid Allen Robinson. They're going to have to pay Cooper Cup. They, it doesn't make sense. Oh, hell, and they paid Jalen Ramsey. I don't understand where they have the money. A lot of it is they put it all in a bonus. The bonus gets prorated and they prorate it. So it's like back into the deal. So and they keep getting like these real low amounts early on. I think Stafford's contract cap this year is crazy low in two years. It skyrockets to like 60 million, but they figure True. by then the cap will be up. So they're trying to play this game where the, as long as the cap keep increasing nicely, then they think they're good to go. They're just yeah, but, using it up early. And I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but, isn't that what happened? Isn't, I guess, the bottom fell out 
that COVID year because of everything that happened, the cap didn't increase as much as it did. So then a lot of teams were in cap hell. I'm not saying something like that happens again, but what if it does? Like at that point, your whole team is imploding. Then they're in real trouble. I mean, we've seen it catch up to teams like the Chiefs and the Saints, right. the Packers. Yeah. So I think eventually it does, even though I think what we see with the Rams is that they're very willing to let people go. And they really just True. have a core nucleus of like eight guys who they feel are like their eight core players. They pay them and then everyone else is on a rookie deal and they just let people go and they keep redrafting people with those fourth and fifth and sixth round picks. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's wild because you're, you're right. They have a, a group, I'd say maybe five core guys. Like those are the guys who are going to stay on that team. Everyone else supporting pieces are interchangeable. Like, and it just works. But I think that's because you've got an ownership that is aggressive like that. You've got a coach who knows how to use those supporting pieces and those primary pieces. Like other organizations can't replicate that. Well, that's what I love about McVay. Like when he was with Washington, he will find that advantage and just work the shit out of it. He is not afraid to throw to one receiver for almost 2000 fucking yards. He didn't say, oh, we use Cooper Cup too much. He just kept using him. He didn't give a shit. Right. Exactly. He had like the most catches ever. Yes. He just kept going back to that. Well, heck, that's what we do in Madden. I love it. If you find the advantage, yeah. just keep doing it until you can stop. Exactly. It. I hate these teams who are like, oh, we got to keep our guys on a pitch count. We want to keep them rested. For what? No, fuck all that. Like we're here to win games. Do whatever you got to do and run whoever into the ground to win games. Like yeah. that just makes sense. And you're right. They have like five people. They have, you know, their quarterback now. They have a receiver. They have a dominant D lineman. You know, they have a good tackle. Like they have just a couple players who are they feel are, create advantages, and then they use those advantages to their fullest. And they really try to have them make a big difference. Like you know, your defense outside of two guys, they have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if they're really paying anyone else on that defense. They just expect their rookies. In the, on their well, young guys on those rookie contracts to be able to step up because mm-hmm. they have two superstars who are taking a ton of the attention. Well, I don't, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. My only thing is when you look at the, the team or the players that they've got there, like you've got generational talent in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Like you just don't, you don't find that this team. It's hard. One, they drafted Donald great on them and then they went out and got Jalen Ramsey like you'd love that love that aggressive approach it just like we were saying I don't know how they keep fucking paying for it but they're willing to get rid of people right they got rid of Robert Woods they found him paid him on a good contract and mm-hmm. then when they were like you know what we moved on they didn't hold on to it. I think we feel like we talked about this with the Cowboys they hold on to people for two years too long right one to two years yep. too long the Rams get rid of them a year early that's what I feel like happens a lot and they for a while, and for a while, that was the Patriots thing. They would use a guy up and then they would trade him without paying him. Like that was the thing. And I don't know why other teams don't do it. I think like we were just talking about the Cowboys. They hold on to guys for too long. They, they get too attached to names when you're in a business they to get win. attached to their guys. That's the hard part. Cause it's, you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. You know, a business like a regular business, if you have somebody, an employee you love, you get to keep them around forever. You get to keep promoting them and paying them more money and rewarding them. The Cowboys want to run a business that way, which I can respect. 
mm-hmm. but that's not how you run an NFL team. You exactly. can't just pay somebody because they've been there for 10 years and they're one of your guys. Mm-hmm. Now I want to reward them. If you want to do that, turn them into a coach, a consultant. I don't know. There you not go. a player. So before we go on to the next thing, I got to ask, I saw this on Twitter. Someone asked this question, which I thought was absurd. Is not is Aaron Donald a Hall of Famer? Because he is. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Doesn't matter what other people are going in with him. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? In my mind, yeah. I think that's the only answer. You're right. Defensive MVP multiple times now? Three times. Three times as a D tackle? And he'll lead the leagues in sacks? Thank you. And he's also just one of the most dominant people you can watch. They put two to three people on him. He just blows past them. I think he might be the only defender I can remember where a team knew that he would wreck their play or he would wreck their game plan and they still couldn't stop it. Like you, like you said, you put two guys on him. Hell, you put two linemen and then a running back to chip. Doesn't fucking matter. Like Mm-mm. he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, bar none, no question. If anybody deserves it, it's this guy. His resume speaks for itself. Yeah, there's been some really good sack artists on the edge. They can do their thing. They get a lot. But he, when he's like going, he just takes over the whole D line from where he's at. Because it can be a half a second. He's back there just disrupting the play. It's oh, yeah. crazy to see. And he gets a lot of accolades for the sacks. But even if the even if you take out the sacks, you look at his quarterback pressures. Damn, <laughs> that dude pressures is a force. all that stuff. And it's a fucking force. Which is what like when we talked about like getting people who create advantages you have to really game plan your entire offense against him mm-hmm. like you can't just be like oh we're gonna have our one guy go up on him we're gonna do what we normally do no you have to change things to account for him and deal with him if you don't you're gonna get wrecked 100 percent. so i think for us this being a slow period i think we can kind of move on to our last topic i guess for this episode that's going to be the Deshaun yeah. Watson shit. Like, this stuff is forever evolving. Yes. We've talked about it. Unfortunately, until something happens, we're going to have to keep talking about it because it's a big fucking deal. Yeah, I thought we kind of put this one to bed a few episodes ago, but nope. We're back. No, what? The new report comes out that there were 66 women? Yeah, so I I don't, I don't know if you've had the chance to read it, but I was going through it earlier today, and they then the New York Times found that he had 66 different appointments in a span of 17 months. Hell, the Texans Damn. even paid for hotel suites. Yeah. And the even wilder thing, the Texans supplied him with NDAs for them to sign. What the Texans provided the, them? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. What kind of shit are you doing that your masseuse needs to sign an NDA? Yeah, that's not... Not ideal, not good. Um, I think we talked about it before. You know, like you said, we've had to talk about this multiple times now. I don't see a way where he gets away without some sort of a suspension. And we kind of talked about it off podcast. You know, a year seems perfectly reasonable at this point. Yeah, yeah. If you if you would have told me a year before that report dropped like a day ago, I would have said no fucking way. Maybe six games. No, a year. That's... That's going to be if he's lucky. That's if he's lucky. I guess the only thing is, can he, how much can he push onto the Texans, right? 
It sounds like they're about to get just fined up the ass. Oh, yeah. Well, the Texans are saying they didn't have any idea that there was illicit behaviors going on. All they were doing was were supplying the uh, the requested information from Deshaun Watson without knowing. I'm sorry. If oh. your franchise player walks in and says, hey, do you have like a standard NDA I could use? That's going to prompt a follow up. I would think so. It should. Right. Like that yeah. should be something you should know about. There's negligence requires either you did know or you should have known. Right. Yep. I feel like that's enough to say you should have known oh, what yeah. is going on. So this report gets a little further into it, right? Now, apparently, he had this working relationship with this strip mall uh, massage parlor called New You Massage. And he worked directly with the owner to have girls sent to his room, to his penthouse suite. He would go to them and he would pay her in lump sums of like $5,000 or whatever. Almost like this woman was a pimp. So it certainly he would give her these, comes across that way. Yeah, he would give her these large sums of money for uh, massage equipment in the uh, the cash app description or whatever. And he she would regularly drive girls to him or vice versa. Like, it's a wild read, dude. Yeah, this is not good stuff, right? No. Even if there wasn't enough to pursue... This is going to be a big enough of an issue with the NFL where they, cause uh, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want this to be in the news forever. They're going to come down hard. That way it shuts people up. Oh, hell yeah. And this isn't like, uh, what's his name? Robert Kraft, where he had the rub and tugs. Like this is, comp- this is on a different stratosphere in my opinion, because this has, you know, criminal implications. Like the stuff that they're describing from him, he sounds like a serial predator. And, that that's not to say that he is because everything is innocent until proven guilty. But what's described in this report, it's not good. Yeah, that uh, I haven't read it. I'm taking your word. That sounds obviously terrible for many, many different reasons. Well, let's, you know, I guess stick with it in an NFL sense. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's way worse than what it was. It sounds like it was an operation, right? Something that's been set up. You know, you have a system in place to have this be reoccurring. You try to set up a plan to make sure like people couldn't get out with it with the NDAs. You have team involvement with going on. Like, this is bad. It's like really, really bad. I don't know why you didn't settle <laughs> yeah. this a long time ago. Exactly. Just, you know, once especially once you got paid, just be like, hey, here's millions and millions of dollars. I just got a shit ton of it. Take a bunch. Go like, yeah. I'm sorry. Just go away. Boom. Move on. Just go away. Yeah. Like reading that, uh, reading that report, like they even have text messages between the, the head of this massage company or whatever and Watson or another one of her, uh, another one of the uh, masseuses talking about how this is not acceptable. We shouldn't be treated this way. You know, I could, I could, what did she say? Something to the effect of I can nail his ass. Like, We don't know the context of that, but it doesn't sound good. That sounds real bad. Yeah. Now, the Browns have said that they did their own investigation mm-hmm. before spending all that fully guaranteed money. Oh. Do you think they knew about this? 
How much did they know? Well, they said that they they did their due diligence, but two of the uh, the unnamed women involved came out and said they never talked. The Browns never reached out to them, never talked to them about anything. I don't think they did a whole lot. I think they just said that to try to cover their ass. Mm-hmm. They're about to spend a shit ton of money paying someone who's not playing for them this year. Yeah, yeah, that's about to come back and bite them right in the dick. Like that's that's gonna suck for that fan, for that franchise for sure. Like it, it's wild. It's wild to read that shit. There's a couple situations that are ongoing with the NFL right now. You got that. You have the whole my team, the Washington Commanders bullshit that's going on that they're trying to you know keep um, you know covered up as well. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on and. With there's no NFL news, guess what we get to talk about? All that off the board shit. Like, yeah. wouldn't the NFL just be, wouldn't they be better off being heavy handed with shit? Like, yeah, I understand that there was no criminal charges brought or X, Y, and Z. But at the very least, you could protect the shield and be like, they didn't find anything wrong, but we found something wrong with his conduct, detrimental to the brand of this company. Here's his punishment. You would think that's what they're going to do. I wonder if they're just worried that, you know, are they going to come down too soft, right? Like, is what they do actually going to be hard, you know, hard enough to get people to stop complaining about it once all the truth comes out? I mean, that's, that's what we're going to find out. I don't know. I mean, I know this is something that no one's going to be able to figure out today, tomorrow or whatever, but it's worth talking about for sure. So, yeah, uh, I think that kind of wraps things up. You know, we actually went on for a while just considering how little news there is right now. It's true. Like I, I did not expect us to go this long, but I will never say, I will never take a back seat to not talking to the people. Like I love it. They need us right now. I know there's not a lot going on. So we're here for you. That's right. You need us on that wall. You want us on that wall. That was supposed to be my Jack Nicholson, but it wasn't very good. Watch a few good men pretend it's me saying that. And then you got the full effect. Hey, White, middle-aged white men love quoting movies. That's our favorite pastime. So I appreciate you bringing in a few good men. I got you. At first, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. You were just like, white men. I'm like, I'm not white, you (laughs) motherfucker. I appreciate you pulling out the quotes because that's the highest form of art, in my opinion. And our middle-aged white male listeners will love it, too. (laughs) But they are fully erect right now. Oh, gross. (laughs) But anyway, guys, as always, it's it's a pleasure. This is Wit signing off. Love you guys. This is Matt. Until next episode. Bye.